This week kicks off on a mixed note, really. Bank stress across the U.S. regional banks didn't worsen yesterday, but the U.S. debt ceiling impasse and the discussions actually continue pushing the short end of the U.S. Treasury yield curve higher these days. And that's obviously opening some interesting opportunity window to make some good return on the U.S. short-term papers for those investors who have, obviously, the stomach to take that risk. So welcome. This is Swiss Code's Daily Market Talk. So yes, this week started on a mixed note. Bank stress further eased in the US with PECWEST and Western Alliance, so which were the two banks that were on the chopping block last week after the First Republic Bank got well, swallowed by JP Morgan. Well, both of these bank stocks rallied yesterday but gave back most of their earlier gains. PECWEST, for example, which was up by more than 30% pre-market yesterday, well, ended yesterday's trading session with a 3.65% gain and Western Alliance with a 0.60% advance. But the SPDR's U.S. Regional Bank Index lost 2% at yesterday's trading session still as a confirmation that this type of wild price volatility that we see in the markets is bad, even though it is on the top side. Plus, the Federal Reserve's Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey, which nowadays became the new hot data to watch for for investors out there who are actually trying to put a hand on how much this whole banking crisis impacted the credit conditions in the US or in Europe, well, came in worse than expected yesterday in the US because the latest data show that the banks who tightened credit conditions in the US were higher than expected by analysts, around 46% of them versus 44.8% expected by analysts. So tighter standards, weak credit demand for commercial and industrial loans, less favorable macroeconomic conditions, then reduced tolerance for risk nowadays, the deterioration in collateral values and well, concerns about banks funding costs due to the higher interest rates and liquidity positions were obviously among the keywords and key phrases that actually flashed out of that survey yesterday. So. That's on the bank front. It's not positive news. On the political front, tensions regarding the U.S. debt ceiling impasse actually remain high. As you know, uh, U.S. President Joe Biden meets some congressional leaders today to see actually whether there is anything that they could do to lift that U.S. debt ceiling to eventually avoid a U.S. government default, which could then hit the U.S. as early as June 1st. That's just a couple of weeks from now. While suspense is killing everyone out there, Bill Gross, you know, PIMCO's ex-CIO, says that it's a good idea to buy short-term U.S. papers at the current prices, as the U.S. debt ceiling discussion is ridiculous, he says. It's always gets resolved, he says, which is obviously uh, true, and that he actually suggests those investors who are obviously less concerned and less stressed like himself to buy one or two month treasury bills in the US at a much higher rate than well, they would get from longer term papers. And indeed, while well, the US one month bill now yields around 5.5%, while the US 10 year paper is still 
still around three and a half percent. Now, this is not a risk-free trade, so that's important to note. There's always a chance that an agreement on the U.S. debt ceiling is not reached quickly, and that the risk of default, a government default, is real and gets even realer. But that's the price you pay for taking the risk, right? Because if there's no risk, well, there is no return. That's finance. And in the FX markets, well, the U.S. dollar outlook remains soft due to this ongoing bank stress and the U.S. debt ceiling impasse and these discussions, which both increase the chances of slower economic growth in the U.S. and hence soften the Federal Reserve expectations. The U.S. dollar index has been slightly better a bit at the start of this week, yet there is a view from a very dear colleague of mine that strong economic data from the U.S., which is especially closely related to U.S. inflation, like the U.S. jobs data, for example, could actually further weigh on the U.S. dollar. Now, I know you would expect the exact opposite, that the stronger economic data means stronger economic growth, obviously, and that reduces the probability of recession in the U.S., and, you know, it just pushes the U.S. dollar higher. But the idea here is that strong economic data in the U.S. means higher inflationary pressures, and that at a time when the Federal Reserve cannot keep raising the interest rates due to stress on banks and risk of a deep recession. So as a result, expected real returns for U.S.-denominated assets would just fall in case of strong economic data, and the natural preference for U.S.-denominated assets then would decline, so would the value of the U.S. dollar. So that's the reasoning I let you think about it. So therefore, and despite a strong selling pressure above the 110 psychological mark in the euro dollar, I still believe that price pullbacks that we might see in the euro dollar remain interesting opportunities for those investors who are still looking to buy a dip in the euro dollar moving forward. Now, released yesterday in the eurozone, the 3.4% slump in German industrial production which was, by the way, the highest slump in a year, well, certainly came as a slap on investors' face yesterday as, well, the expectation was just a 1.5% fall. So that disappointing German industrial production data also revived all that the first quarter GDP could also be revised lower, and that would weigh on the European Central Bank's interest rate hike expectations. And on top of that, still released yesterday, the euro area's investor confidence index also unexpectedly slumped. Uh, so that was both bad news. But despite signs of slowing economy or economic growth, the European Central Bank will actually remain focused on fighting inflation in the Eurozone. And the letter means higher interest rates in the Eurozone, despite perhaps slowing activity, if, of course, the slowing economic activity doesn't lead to slower price pressures at the heart of the Eurozone. For now, the European Central Bank's chief economist, Philip Lane, warns investors that there is still momentum in food and core inflation, which is for this year running in the opposite direction to the decline that we see in energy inflation. 
and obviously it sure needs to be addressed still therefore i keep my medium term upside target for the euro dollar unchanged at the 112.25 level across the channel while cable remained offered yesterday unable to break above that long-term downtrending channel but here as well the divergence between the bank of england and the federal reserve outlooks mainly due to the fact that the federal reserve is actually handcuffed these days due to the bank stress that we see in the u.s regional banks that is not felt with the same intensity on the other coast of the atlantic ocean both in the eurozone and in the uk while remains supportive of further gains for the pound one risk to a long gbp trade this week is obviously a potentially dovish bank of england statement though on this thursday where the bank of england governor mr bailey could actually insist on his view that inflation in britain would drastically fall but later this year now the letter could obviously smash some hawkish bets around the bank of england this week but at the end of the day the economic data will say the last word in the uk as well and inflation pressures in the uk don't give sign of easing whatsoever for now elsewhere the latest trade data from china released this morning show that the chinese exports grew faster than expected in the month of april however imports fell faster than expected they actually fell quite sharply as such while china's trade balance hit 90 billion us dollars in april versus around 70 billion us dollars expected by analysts now the rising chinese exports is obviously a good sign for uh, the global economy while lower chinese imports is actually a bad sign for companies exporting to China so I was thinking maybe but just maybe it could just be time to slow down bets for further gains in French luxury brands as the likes of LVMH for example which had a stellar year and that partly thanks to the returning demand from China at the end of the very very strict covid measures now in the energy markets american crude advanced past the 73.50 dollar per barrel level at yesterday's trading session but slipped below the 73 dollar on worries that while well, the chinese recovery may not be as strong as we all hope for and that all the slower global growth could actually further hit the demand and demand prospects so price advances into the 75 to 76 dollar will likely see strong resistance at this range and that's around 50 to 100 day moving averages the only upside risk i see to oil prices right now is just another decision from opec to further cut production but the next opec meeting is actually scheduled for the beginning of june and well normally until then the upside risks will likely remain contained so this is all for today i'm ipek oskardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive feedbacks i hope this episode of market talk has also been helpful and insightful to you so please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on twitter and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading Music